0: Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco, it's a cool and crisp Wednesday evening, um... I seem to have gotten into the routine where I always record the intros and outros on Wednesday right before Dynamite. So this week is no different. I'm doing that. The only difference is I'm waiting for my skip the dishes order to show up. So that uh, Slurpee and 7-Eleven pizza will taste fantastic when it uh, arrives at my door. I can't wait. So that's what's going on right now. But what's going on with the podcast is my guest this week this week i was joined by elliot tyler now elliot wrestles predominantly out in bc he's dipped down wrestled in the states a little bit he is part of i'm going to call it as the second wave of bc wrestling the first wave you have your kyle o'reilly's your artemis spencer nicole matthews uh el Fantasmo. this second wave you're you have your travis williams your judas icarus and my guest elliot tyler the BC scene, all of these guys, and even more that Elliot talks about, they've been able to grow together to learn and to uh, build a an incredible scene out West. So you're going to hear a lot about Elliot and his uh, getting into wrestling, his experiences, learning with this group, and just building an incredible foundation for independent wrestling out in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he, he shares stories, some important matches he's been a part of, Elliot shares one of, uh, he, he tells us who one of the best big men in wrestling is. And if you're familiar with wrestling out in the West, you will be familiar with who Elliot talks about. We talk about that just wrestling as a whole. And this was a ridiculously fun chat. Elliot is great. A lot of fun to talk to, and you're going to find out a lot more about Elliot Tyler right here on the Grainmaker wrestling podcast. Now, like almost everybody involved with wrestling, I mean, your, your fandom must have started at first before getting involved with wrestling, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, what was your earliest memory of it?
1: I I wish I had a cool story to tell. I wish it was like, oh, you know, my grandpa showed me or I watched with my dad. But mm-hmm. I, I, had a, I had a sleepover with a buddy and he passed out pretty early and it was a Friday night. And I was just flipping through channels and... Uh, a rerun of Friday Night Smackdown was on and I believe the match was like, it was like Kofi Kingston versus, I can't even remember, it was Kofi Kingston versus someone, I think in like a, like, a, like Kofi squashed them
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I just remember like, okay this is on, I'll give it a go and then the main event was uh, Rey Mysterio versus Edge and the moment I saw Rey Mysterio I was like, okay, this is really friggin' awesome, mm-hmm. but then the moment Edge came out, I was like holy shit this is really awesome, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of my earliest memory just fell on it by chance and was immediately hooked.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, uh, yeah, it, we're almost in the generation of uh, wrestlers who got into it because of guys like Edge and Rey Mysterio mm-hmm. and Jeff Hardy. It's a big, like, uh, jump from, you know, the Bret Hart's and Shawn Michaels, but that was like, you're Bret and Shawn for your generation.
1: Oh, for sure. Absolutely. And I know I'll, I'll get a lot of flack from this from a lot of internet fans but like some of the best wrestling i saw was john cena and randy orton i mm-hmm. i remember actually conveniently enough i went to a smackdown in seattle and i saw as of now their last ever match together okay. i think it was 20 2018 i want to say 2018 2017 i the year randy orton won the rumble the last time he won mm-hmm. it whatever that was but i got to see them live wrestle and i i was i I was 19 20 at the time and i was in love i that was my you know like you said brett sean that was my childhood heroes going at it but yeah it was definitely those are my faves those are my go-tos
0: it's funny because like so many wrestling fans will give like john cena shit for like him as a wrestler and that but if you watch him he's really fucking good like everything about him him. yeah it'll come to a point where he'll be all said and done with wrestling. And then that's when I think the appreciation will finally show for what he was able to do. And like the matches he was a part of.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I feel like the internet switched a little uh, mm-hmm. when he was doing the U S open challenge. I feel like they kind of realized then, you know, when he was given those bangers with Sami Zayn yeah. and, uh, and he had that wicked match with Zach Ryder out of nowhere, the Dolph Ziggler's Dean Amber, like he had all these wicked matches. I feel like then, everyone kind of realized, like, oh, okay, he can go. But the thing lots of the fans don't get is, like, he wrestled such a smart, safe style for so long, mm-hmm. so he could continue to wrestle a yeah. smart, safe style later. It was all planned out in, in such a smart way. He's always been a genius.
2: Mm-hmm. He He's
0: smart when it comes to, the like, how he presented himself for, you know, like, because the fans and everyone clamored him just to turn heel to be a bad guy and like for him as a person like it didn't it didn't suit him at all for his career for what he does inside and outside of the ring like it was just one of those things like sure we may have wanted it but it doesn't make sense so
1: yeah i mean could he have done it easily yeah easily could have done it did he need to do it not at all no
0: so um now that was your like introduction to wrestling. And yes. when did you start thinking that you were wanting to get involved with it?
1: Oh God, right away. Yeah. Right away. I, I think the next day I got home and started trying wrestling moves on my pillows in my bedroom. <laughs> uh, I think it was only a few weeks later. I bought like my first wrestling figures. The moment I saw it, I just there wasn't any specific I saw a really cool match and thought, mm-hmm. this is what I want to do. I just saw it and I was like this is what I have to do. This is amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like when you tell your parents, you're going to, you want to be a wrestler. What kind of, what was their reaction to that?
1: Uh, they didn't like it. <laughs> um, and eight years later, they still don't like it. Yeah. definitely. Really, I can count on one hand how many times they've come to see me wrestle for sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but I mean, they're always supportive in the ways that they know that like I've made some of my best friends out of wrestling. I mm-hmm. met my fiance through wrestling Like they recognize all the positives, Mm -hmm. but they still don't like the wrestling part of it at all.
0: Yeah, that's fair. At least you're getting the support from them, even if it's in different ways that that can be huge for a person, you know, like just knowing that you have that support back there, that the people's like, you know, what's the word I'm looking for, that they're behind you, you know?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I definitely did get a lot more of the support from uh, one of my grandparents, my papa, I had a match against a local legend named Rocky Randy Tyler and he was so infatuated with that match. He had me send it to him and he emailed it to all the family back on the farms in Saskatchewan and they were all watching it and sending me emails and telling me how awesome it was. So I did get the wrestling support through my family, just mm-hmm. my parents in particular, not so much. Yeah,
0: that, understandable. I think because even my parents like just you know they'd see me watching it and like my dad would always just shake his head so it was one of those things
2: but what can you do well yeah if you're hooked you're hooked exactly
0: um so you see it you decide hey this is what i want to get involved with i want to become a wrestler um let's talk about the steps you took to get involved with actually training for wrestling
1: yes so it started actually uh weirdly enough it kind of all happened in a very strange way so in high school um i was 14 15 my sister my older sister was in grade 12 she's about to graduate she started dating a guy and one morning he's over at the house having breakfast with us i'm watching reruns of smackdown saturday morning and he goes you know my brother's a wrestler i go what he's like yeah my brother does that i'm no shit, who's your brother? And his brother was a local wrestler on the scene. So he introduced me to his brother who was wrestling. I bought tickets to an indie show and uh, hung out with that wrestler a little bit. He helped me out quite a bit at the beginning. And from there, he told me who to contact. So I contacted that person, uh, Michelle Starr at the Mm -hmm. time, was the the trainer for All-Star Wrestling. Contacted him. Uh, I got ignored. Contacted (laughs) him a couple months later. I got ignored, contacted him a couple months later. And finally, he's like, it was something along long lines of like, if you can promise to keep your grades up and both your parents green light it, I will let you train.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So he waited until I was uh, late 15 to say that. So I started when I was 16 and my mother came to the first class and she green lit it. And my dad was just whatever. If your mom green lights it, you get the green light from yeah. me. So <laughs> I started training. Then, definitely did not keep my grades uh, at A's like I had promised him. But he also did check, didn't check did check in on my grades, so I got <laughs> away with it quite easy. But yeah, it was it was just a complete circumstantial because before that moment when I was talking to the wrestler's brother, I didn't know much about local wrestling. I didn't mm-hmm. even know there was local wrestling. I was just a fifteen year old kid that was watching WWE all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I think like now things might have changed a little bit where you know there are more you know teenagers knowing about the local scenes and that for but for a while it was you knew what was on tv and that was about it yeah
1: yeah definitely i definitely notice now especially now at so many shows that are not 19 plus there's an abundance of people that are 15 16 17 going to shows now where a few years ago that number wasn't so high it, mm-hmm. Uh, definitely you could credit like twitter and instagram to yeah. that and and IWTV that gets all the wrestling on the internet and everywhere and it's so easy to see now and i also just think uh local wrestling marketing is just better than it used to be thanks mm-hmm. to the internet
0: a hundred percent the the one thing that i love is that you could be anywhere in the world and you could all of a sudden be like hey i want to learn about what's going on in you know, like say France, their wrestling scene, you can go Google promotions there, see what's going on and start watching matches that have, you know, been done there. So it's like, it's all your fingertips and it's an incredibly positive thing that we have here.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's fantastic. Definitely any type of buzz I've ever had in my little career, I get thanked to Twitter for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: (laughs) So you, uh, who, you mentioned Michelle Starr trained you. Yes, uh, um, started
2: training. Yes,
0: started training. Okay, uh, and I know uh, Michelle's trained quite a few people out in BC. I off the mm-hmm. top of my head, I know like Liza Hall, I think was out there, and a yep. few others. Um, what was your experiences like uh, training under Michelle? It
1: was awesome. It uh, he was so just honest and straightforward Mm -hmm. uh he was very honest with me about my height and how i would have to work a lot harder to get noticed in spots which i feel you know when i was 16 and getting told i was too short definitely kind of made me upset but now that i look back on it it definitely put a chip on my shoulder to work a lot harder Mm -hmm. for opportunities that i feel i still i still have that chip today maybe not as big but it's still it's going to be there for life I'm always like in the Pokemon games you hear Oaks words echo I still hear Stars words echo mm-hmm. in the in the back of my mind <laughs> that I'm too good I gotta yeah you're not a real wrestler unless you're six foot two hundred pounds kid mm-hmm. so you always got that going but no he his his basics uh, in wrestling his psychology uh, the way he thought about wrestling was just so smart and so dialed in that I feel uh he was the perfect first trainer for me Mm -hmm. after
0: Michelle after training with him where did you uh go to learn from next who else was influential in your career to start
1: so I kind of I make I make a joke quite often that I am um the redheaded stepchild of training in BC wrestling (laughs) because I I think I have trained with just about every trainer there's been in the last eight years i Mm -hmm. started with michelle Starr. he then took a step back from training and then the wrestlers uh the great kasaki uh cobra kai who's originally from ontario and uh nick price then started running for all-star so i trained with them for quite a while until eventually i felt like i needed a bit more uh it was only like once a week so i needed more and i knew eccw at the time Mm -hmm. had a really good training program so then I kind of slowly integrated into them and started training with Tony Baroni, uh, Nicole Matthews, Artemis Spencer, Billy Sway, Cap Power. I feel like if you've had any BC wrestler on your <laughs> podcast, everybody already knows they're the trainers. Yeah, which is it's, now Lionsgate Dojo, of course.
0: They've been so influential in the wrestling scene out in BC. It is yes. unbelievable.
1: It is hard to find a BC wrestler that hasn't been. Uh, helped by at least one of those people mm-hmm. you know it, it's 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 near impossible even <laughs> wrestlers from uh the okanagan which is like five six hours away from here will drive down on weekends and train with tony baroni
2: mm-hmm.
1: and it's yeah
0: it it's incredibly telling like i mean they've had such an impact and it's noticeable when you see the like wrestlers from out in bc getting booked down into the states getting booked into alberta it seems mm-hmm. like they're their reach is expanding throughout Canada and the Pacific Northwest, and they're able to, you know, as a wrestler, being able to like put themselves out there because of the training they've gotten and the influence and impact on their careers.
1: Yeah, most definitely. Uh, Tony Baroni uh, has coined uh, the very important thing that I now hold true is that. Um, he doesn't need to make it famous in wrestling. He just needs to leave it better than he found it.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: honestly, I think Tony Barone could have retired five years ago with how good he's made this scene, you know? like the, All of them are just, the people they touch, the, the reach it goes. I feel like it's getting more noticed now, like in Alberta and Washington, that if you train with Lionsgate, you know, you have that certain attitude and that mm-hmm. certain work rate that you bring to the table with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would almost uh, liken it to when uh, Lance Storm ran Storm Wrestling Academy, where when you knew if you went there, it was like, okay, they know what they're doing. You know, it's not something you have to worry about that. Cause Lance isn't just going to have anyone and everyone coming out of there, you know? So it's, yeah. that's what I almost liken it to.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like when you're a wrestling trainer, your resume is what you produce yes. as wrestlers. And I feel I feel confident in saying that all the coaches at Lionsgate Dojo have a, a pretty decent resume. Yeah, one
0: hundred percent. Now we talked a little bit before, and you got, so you got started when you're you know basically sixteen. Yes, and you mentioned your first match was seventeen.
1: Seventeen, yes.
0: Uh, let's talk a little bit about that. Who it was with? Your your feelings heading into that?
1: <laughs> I was super nervous. Uh, it was a school day. I had not graduated high school yet it was june 2nd uh 2016 i graduated later that month so mm-hmm. i was still in high school um so it was a friday and i get a message in the morning from michelle star who was my trainer at the time but also the booker for all-star wrestling which is mm-hmm. where i got my start and he messages. he says someone had to pull out tonight bring your gear And that's all he said. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what's the plan? What's going on? I didn't get a response. So I just knew I had to bring my gear. And thankfully, I show up. My opponents are, it was a three-on-three. It ended up being a three-on-three, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Uh, My opponents were a guy named Flex Payne, who doesn't wrestle anymore, but was such a cool guy. Such a nice guy. Just Mm -hmm. like, so rad to hang out with. And then the other two... Uh, were people that I was training with at the time. They were going by this tag team gimmick. They were full camouflage. These big, all three of them were big motherfuckers. They were all like 6'3", mm-hmm. 6'4", six, six, well over 230 pounds. These giant like, like the guys would see show up on like old WCW and squash some scrawny motherfucker, yeah. you know, <laughs> like just some murder. And of course, I'm that scrawny motherfucker. right? Yeah. That's gotta be. So, so I was wrestling those three and it was uh me, uh, Cobra Kai, who would mm-hmm. go on to become one of my trainers. And Matt, Static, who is actually uh, the brother of my sister's boyfriend who got me in. So I okay. was lucky enough to be teaming with two people that I trusted very much and wrestling three people that I trained with very regularly. So, of course, I was nervous. It's my first match. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a small crowd. It was in a little town about an, just over an hour away. Uh, we were early on the card. Uh, it was a lot of fun. But... Uh, I tell him all the time, uh, I don't know Adam Ryder, who's who's uh, doing a lot right now. Yeah. I get to the back after my match and I was feeling good. I'm feeling spry. You know, I just had my first match. I'm unbelievably stoked. Yeah. And he walks up to me and he goes, How do you feel? And I said, I- I'm stoked. He's like, He goes, Kid, you should be proud, but you fucked up this, you fucked up this, and you fucked up that. Be your own worst enemy. And then he walked away from me. <laughs> and like, at the time, I'm like, all my nights ruined but now looking back on it it's like i mean he's right and Mm -hmm. i worked on those things and now i nail those things and he is very helpful but definitely it was so stressful being in like my first period class and getting a text that like i had to drive to chilliwack after and wrestle on like a few hours notice it was it was a lot it was Mm -hmm. terrifying
0: you know i mean it's a huge thing for someone who's you know only 17 years old to like be put in that position. And I mean, thankfully, you know, you're in a very, I don't want to say comfortable spot, but like a familiar spot, you know, with who you're training with being your opponents and even your partners, you know? Yes. And then even the, uh, the advice Adam gave you afterwards. And I mean, he is right. It's something to be proud of. And then it's, you know, constructive criticism almost, you know, like you should be proud. And here's what you have to work on, you know, just to not get too far ahead and not get too far down, be proud, but know there's still room to grow.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely.
0: So, I mean, you've been going at it strong since 2016. And, I mean, you were almost part of the second wave of, you know, very talented wrestlers from out in BC. I I liken the first wave to be, you know, El Fantasmo and Kyle O'Reilly, Artemis Spencer, um, you know, Nicole Matthews. And then now Mm -hmm. there's yourself, uh, Judas Icarus, Travis Williams. I mean, What's it like having, you know, like that core there of you three being such an influential part out in BC right now?
1: I mean, it's definitely a cool feeling. Um, it it It's awesome to even be uh, my name next to Judas and Travis. They're so just fucking talented, man. They're so <laughs> incredible. It's awesome to get, like, I always joke that it's awesome uh, just to get to watch them wrestle because I'm such mm. a fan of mm-hmm. them of them both. And it's cool that I'm their friends too, which is rad. And I get to see how their brain works. I get to, without even like noticeably picking their brain, I'll just ask them a question and I'll get yeah. an answer. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to write that <laughs> one down. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely lucky that I feel like I got a, uh, uh, what's the term is um, high tides, raise all ships. I feel yeah. like they raised the tides and I was lucky enough to keep my boat on that tide. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's, it's really nice. You know, the scene here is just so good. I would also like a, a lot of credit is always thrown into Trav and Judy because they're phenomenal. Uh, I feel like you could easily add Liza and reloaded like Sharif Morrow, mm-hmm. Jackie Lee um, as kind of that same crew that just, you know, really did everything they could to up the game, up their game, motivate the people around them. I feel like it's just—it's a really positive crew. Any mm-hmm. locker room that you find any of those people in, like all of them are so approachable. They're so happy to talk to you about wrestling, about your life. They just—it's such a cool crew to be a part of. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, it's—it's having people like that in the locker room. It goes a long way. You know, like I think other people can feed off of that, and I think even the fans can see that too with when you guys are out there wrestling you know like the there's a trust factor there's you know like i don't want to say friendship but like you guys have such a great relationship that mm-hmm. it 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 bleeds out into your your matches
1: oh yeah i mean i definitely feel i definitely been told and i know that i have my best matches with those guys but it, it's hard not to mm-hmm. it's really hard not to i've seen those guys pull the best matches out of everyone. If they're on the card, it's it's hard not for them to have match of the night, even mm-hmm. if they don't agree with it after the fact. Like any of them, they're all like reloaded. Jackie, Sharif, Trav, uh, Jude, all of them, Liza. All of them are so like, oh, it was okay. And like, it wasn't that good. But it's like, I just saw you kill it for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I just saw you have the crowd in your hands on their feet, you know biting on every bit and you're just going to go yeah it was fine but well, that's mm-hmm. fine that's that's them that's i'm the same way you got to be your own harshest critic but it is very funny to see so many people say oh look how good they are and them go yeah it was okay mm-hmm. you know
0: i back in end of july i went out to alberta and i saw i went to an rcw show and mm-hmm. i saw state of emergency was there and they faced off with uh heavy metal and draco and yes. It was a tag match. They went for almost 30 minutes and it was incredible. And afterwards I was talking to them, I said, I was so hyped on it. I was so high and just it was like grinning yeah. from ear to ear. I was like, this was incredible. And they were like, so humble and just like, yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was good, you know? And it was just like, you know, like not being like your own uh, critic or whatever, but they knew that like, mm-hmm. yeah, they went out there, killed it. And then there's still more to build off of that, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, All four of the guys you just named are also like, I feel like I'm tooting everyone's horn, but all four (laughs) of those guys are so rad. State of emergency. Got to be two of the coolest dudes Mm -hmm. uh, in wrestling right now. Not just like DC, not just Canada. Like, I feel like you could put them anywhere against anyone and they're going to absolutely crush it. People are going to be talking about them. There's going to be videos of them online. Uh, uh, Heavy Metal has just started coming out to BC. I just Mm -hmm. got to start meeting him. He is exceptional. He is so incredible to watch, man. Mm-hmm. He's so just authentic in the ring. It's yeah. awesome to see. Yeah. And Draco used to train with us. He was rad. I haven't seen him in a little while, but I've seen a lot of his clips from what he was doing in RCW. And I believe he was doing some stuff with top talent. Mm-hmm. He is also just like, keep your eyes on him. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's awesome. And he's going to keep getting better.
0: Um, I mentioned, you know, you and uh, Travis and Judas. And I know you and Judas, uh, you guys have teamed quite a bit yes strays with rabies yes how did this uh team this partnership come to be
1: uh well we wrestled a few times we had some good chemistry uh we enjoyed each other's company and there was a new company we were trying to break out into the american scene because mm-hmm. we had relatively only really done bc and then maybe like there was a company called Three to battle that i think we had both worked for like once or twice but not that much and we were really trying to get our names out there And a new company was starting up at the time without a cause. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, we'll, we'll use you guys kind of, you know, we got some spots and then we were like, well, what about as a tag team? They were like, well, we do need tag teams. So Mm -hmm. we, we were like, well, we, we, we wanted a team for a little while. Uh, We, we have an idea, we have a character. Uh, Would you mind giving that a shot? And they gave that a shot and that, Like, as we had hoped, it translated into getting our names more out there. We got to work for quite a few more companies in Washington and Oregon, which was fantastic. And right before COVID locked the world down, we were supposed to have some stuff in like Montana and Idaho, which would have been so cool, but just, you know, didn't happen. Didn't work out. Whatever. It's in the past. But it did what it needed to do. And now I feel like we've kind of proven ourselves in the Pacific Northwest and people know who we are and we're not really a full-time tag team anymore, but we're like an easy, you need a tag team. You call the strays, you know, you know, you need like a competitive tag match. You need a good opponent. You call us up and we're good to go. It's easy for us to get our stuff going again, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. And I mean, that, that was right before the pandemic, you guys were dipping down to the States. And I mean, Mm -hmm. that's, it's a huge, to me, it's a huge deal. Like, First off, breaking down, getting that exposure and going down there, which, I mean, you see it more out in BC, I think, with uh, the location of some of the promotions down in, you know, Seattle in that area. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not as noticeable here, but like you have that. And then on top of that, I mean, you were only a few years into wrestling and getting yes. these opportunities.
1: Yes. Uh, it was definitely huge at the time. To get like we had opportunities with a company called Prestige, which is yep. doing huge things. So for us to be so young and so new to get an opportunity with them was definitely like we both know we both noticed. You know, we weren't just like, "Oh, it's another booking." We were like, "Okay, like step up the game. This is the next level. This is where we push." And yeah, it was definitely it didn't go unnoticed that we were getting huge opportunities.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about yourself as a wrestler and your progression from when you started, because I know (laughs) when you had started, you know, uh, wrestling as beef boy up to where you are now, you've made the changes and you've grown as a wrestler. And what has that been like for yourself?
1: Um, It takes a lot of work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had a lot of um, I'll start to run and then I'll trip and I have to get up and dust myself off and go again. And I'm definitely at the point right now where I'm trying to dust myself off. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, definitely, it didn't start with Beef Boy. Beef Boy was actually quite a later gimmick. I started okay. under a mask. Okay. I started under a mask, and uh, from there, I did that for a while until I was good enough to show face and mm-hmm. wrestle. And then from there, uh, I tried to do this, like, retro gimmick which is why my name is elliot tyler because for short it's et like the movie
2: yeah
1: uh, i was the whole reason the name is a thing i don't even like the name elliot tyler i just <laughs> had it for so long it's here i can't change it again but from there actually i was trying to get into eccw at the time and they didn't want just elliot tyler which mm-hmm. was fine i completely understand it motivated me to figure something out and then through training um there was like an inside joke at class at the time where we would do like big man spots. Mm-hmm. And every time I would do a big man spot, cause I was a little guy, I would always go like, I would show beef. I would hit my chest and I would play up. I'm a big man when I wasn't. And then I was having a, a, a mock match on a Saturday and it was the shits. It was going so bad. <laughs> so I just, I just started to like, fuck it, you know, I'm just gonna like have fun. I'm just yeah. gonna have fun. And I started throwing jabs and chanting beef. And after I was done, Tony Baroni, who has head a class that day said, that's the most character you've ever shown in a match in your life. You need to run with that. So Tony Baroni was very instrumental in actually Beef Boy becoming a thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then I just feel like it, it raised, 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 went up. And then when lockdown happened, I feel like it lost a lot of steam and coming back to wrestling after that, I just kind of felt like it wasn't the same. I didn't feel as excited doing it. I felt like I needed to change. Mm -hmm. And I'm still in that weird part now where I'm trying to figure out exactly what that change is.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, coming out of the pandemic and lockdown, I mean, you and Fergie, Mr. Ferguson, have had quite the little rivalry feud going on with NEW out there.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just say straight up, Ferguson it might be the best big man I've ever been in the ring with. He, mm-hmm. he so figured out his, his character because pre COVID it was weird because pre COVID, he was the dancing guy that wore the purple outfit with yep. little snacks and fruit on it. And I was the weird kid that chanted beef. And I feel like coming out of COVID, we were given this opportunity to completely change who we were over time in front of a crowd in a fall. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he, he became mr ferguson and he started wearing the suits and being like this big boss man style bad guy and i feel like he just he grabbed the ball and ran with it mm-hmm. you know and i i'll sing his praises all day i'll work him any day of the week he kicks my ass but i i like to think i kick his too mm-hmm. oh we definitely beat each other up in the ring pretty good
0: <laughs> it's uh all like having something like the pandemic and no shows running It's, it, you know, it gives, you know, like for him, for example, the chance to almost like, I don't want to say reset, but like, okay, I've been doing this for so long now I can almost change it. And it's not like it's this huge, I don't want to say, I I should rephrase that. It's not like it's a huge thing. It, It is a big thing, but it's something that because there was this break that it almost makes a little bit more sense. This progression, you know, like coming out of it, you have like, okay, we're changing things up and going from there. It gives you that kind of breather almost
1: yeah completely i know i feel locally like a lot of people had so many new fresh ideas because you had to sit on them for so long right Mm -hmm. unless you were one of those guys that were taking the bookings like three four hours away resting in front of 10 people Mm -hmm. which i did a few times i won't i won't lie (laughs) you you had to get your fix in right but like you know it was such a good time to kind of reassess Mm -hmm. I I remember the saying it's like everybody spends so long tending to their garden that nobody takes a step back and looks at the flowers they planted. Mm -hmm. I feel like over COVID everybody really had the opportunity to look back and be like, okay, well I planted the roses here, but the roses look like shit. So I'm going to cut them and plant something new. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people had that opportunity to rearrange their garden the way they wanted to. And I feel like Ferguson uh, just really pour out every flower from his garden Planted a whole new bed, and it just bloomed into the most awesome creation he's had yet.
0: Mm-hmm. And to be able to do that is huge, especially in wrestling. So I mean, fuck, kudos to him for for pulling that off. Like that's a great Absolutely. job. Yeah. Um, recently, I mean, you you uh, wrestled for WrestleCore uh, Cobra Kai. Uh, yes. What was that like? Uh, I think you wrestled. Was it Stephen Crow?
1: Ah, uh, so I it was um two matches, okay, uh, a tag and a three on three. Oh, okay. and both times it was uh, against the clandestine society. Yes. Uh, Wrestlecore with Cobra Kai runs it. One of my former trainers mm-hmm. is so fun. It is just so laid back. So like, go out there and do what you want. Have a blast. You know, he only cares if the crowd's excited. Mm-hmm. And I got to step in there. I got a team with Cat Power, who's one of my trainers. And we took on uh Crow and Taryn from accounting. Mm-hmm. And that was so rad. I've wanted to work them for so long. I've well, seen their stuff great. from like Love Pro Wrestling. Mm-hmm. They are phenomenal. All three of them the Clandestine Society with MRB, uh, TFA, and Crow are just so rad as people, as workers, as just all around. I love mm-hmm. it. And to get to work them, I can happily say all three of them became my favorite opponents. I'll work them any day of the week. (laughs) So rad, so fantastic. TFA is badass in that ring. I want to work her one on one
0: without a doubt. It's it's incredibly telling when you can come out of like a match with someone and being like, these guys are great, they're awesome, and like you know like the friendships you develop and just the relationships. That's incredibly telling about the people that are like involved right now in the scene out there. Mm
1: yeah yeah they're like catalysts Uh, if you you talked about how like that that second wave Mm -hmm. was like icarus travis i feel like alberta's getting a wave right now and a lot of it is thanks to clandestine society and what they're doing and and with love pro i feel like they're gaining so much momentum just out of their positivity and their work rate and their creativity it's just it's so awesome
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Like in Alberta right now, I mean, yeah, you've got uh, Clandestine doing stuff. You've got uh, Love, uh, Top Talent doing stuff. And then you still have, you know, RCW out there, Monster Pro. I mean, there's so many. If you're not a fan of one thing, I can guarantee you one of the others you will be a fan of. So, I mean, it's it's there's something for everybody out there.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
0: <laughs> um, you've been very influential in the BC wrestling scene pre-pandemic and post pandemic what is, are some of the biggest differences you've noticed for yourself being involved with it
1: uh sorry <laughs> um i i don't know differences in what sense in uh, in like
0: personally or in the scene personally we can go with and if you've noticed in the scene wise as well let's start with yourself first
1: myself um. Uh, I definitely, I feel more motivated now than ever, Mm -hmm. you know, like there was that wave you said, and now it's completely different because post lockdown, you have all these hungry motherfuckers Mm -hmm. and it's not just, it's not just the new kids. There was a lot of new kids because there was a group of people who had trained their asses off and all debuted on the show right before lockdown Mm -hmm. that like coming out of COVID, all of them were so hungry, you know? And then there's like the old guard uh, mm-hmm. who are, who had been doing this steady for 15, 20 years, who now had to take two years off, who were so hungry. And then you had our crew who were kind of here and then had to stop. And now it's like, you got to regain the momentum. So I, it the whole scene just became so exciting. And mm-hmm. I feel like personally that motivated me so much because I was already so like, I want to do this. I wanted to be here. I wanted to do that. I wanted my goal pre COVID was to wrestle for every company, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was all I wanted to do, whether it was first match, second match all the way through. It didn't matter. I, but it was five minutes, 20 minutes. I just wanted to be a part of it. And now coming back, uh, as much as my, my view has changed to more quality over quantity. It's, It's really motivating to see all these people coming up. You know, you got the Coco Flashes and the Evan Rivers, just to name two, who are so motivated to have quality and quantity. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not just looking to get a lot of bookings. They're looking to get a lot of bookings and make each one of them so incredible. Yeah. And that, uh, that motivates me so much to see them want to bust ass and want to, Show up and show out, right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now I'm like, okay, I was quality over quantity, but now I see all these guys showing up everywhere, doing everything, and that's like, okay, well now I gotta run again. I can't, I can't kind of jog. I gotta run.
0: Mm-hmm. You gotta keep up with the pack, just so you're not getting left behind and being exactly. able to put yourself out there.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well,
0: yeah, I get that, and it's funny because you know we've talked about like the old guard your current guard and then like the new guard and you take a look at all of that and it's an embarrassment of riches when you think of the talent that's out there and the matches that you know a promotion can put on with all of these different wrestlers and that's also with you know like people that might be coming in from outside of province too so it's a great time to be a wrestling fan
1: it is yeah oh i am jealous of the local wrestling band i (laughs) i definitely have a lot of pride. In the local scene, you know, mm-hmm. from the coaches to um, the wrestlers that have been around for a long time to, you know, the the my crew to the crew coming up. And I feel I feel like it's just such a good time. And it's so cool. I feel every time we have someone come in, you know, we had a big influx of like Albertans and Ontario people come in
2: mm-hmm.
1: and even some Nova Scotia guys come in. And I don't think a single one of them had a bad thing to say about anyone. They worked You know, and some of these guys like had been wrestling in the UK, had been wrestling in the top companies in Ontario that come in, work our guys, and say, Oh, they could hang anywhere, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's such, it's so cool to see that, you know, uh, everyone here is just working so hard.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, I got a couple more for you. I'm going to put you on the spot right now um, because we've talked about the old, the current guard, the new guard. Who do you think is someone to watch? From the next up and coming group out in BC,
1: Coco Flash,
0: Coco Flash,
1: Coco Flash. He is exceptional. Uh, mark my words, he'll be on TV in the next ten years, guaranteed. I guarantee, i guarantee. It, I'll put a fiver down. All right, he is exceptional.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I—I I, I like that. I like. Uh, I think one thing that uh, with this podcast, even in doing is being able to show and focus on you know wrestlers that might not get a chance and even the next generation or next group that's coming up being like hey watch out for this guy or girl because they're doing something special
2: yeah yeah
1: and that is Coco. that Mm -hmm. is to a t the guy works hard he he does tag team work with his brother but he was also doing solo stuff Mm -hmm. and he's yeah he kicks ass man
0: uh he part of illa tribe right Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that was right because if it was wrong, then I'd have to edit it out. So cut
1: that. Cut that. Cut that. Cut that. that.
0: Um, I like to ask everybody for a match recommendation, one that you are a fan of, that you've watched, that you think the listener should go find on YouTube or on the WWE Network or download or whatever that they should go
1: watch. Uh, Match recommendation. My favorite match of all time. Is it's from an NXT takeover. I forget what year, but it was Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong versus Oni Lorkin and Danny Burch. Okay. And it is the greatest match ever. I've watched that match probably 20 times, Mm -hmm. maybe more.
0: The uh, that era of NXT, like when it was, you know, they were doing the hour long episodes, Mm -hmm. building to those two and a half hour takeovers, that was such a great time for that promotion
1: so rad man it was so awesome to watch just being 17 18 and seeing these guys and being like i want to do that Mm -hmm. you know it was fucking it was incredible
2: Mm -hmm. uh
0: have you been able to go check out a takeover like when they were on their kind of
1: hot streak there no uh i'm very bad for seeing uh tv wrestling live i i always like to Mm -hmm. but it just never works out even uh, there was that takeover in Tacoma or not a takeover It was a WWE pay-per-view in Tacoma a few years mm-hmm. ago. I bought tickets and somehow just didn't check the time for the show and showed up <laughs> an hour and a half late for it. So I missed <laughs> half the pay-per-view. So it's just it, I wish I could say I had seen a takeover, but at most I've seen, uh, I think, like one TV taping.
0: Mm-hmm. OK, that's fair. Um, what do you have coming up next? Where can the people see you wrestle?
1: Up next is, uh, I believe it's a double shot. I have a Thursday night with Nation Extreme Wrestling at the Commodore Ballroom, in which will be a three-on-three team, Elliot Tyler, which is me, versus team Eddie Osborne.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, I'm excited for that one. Our, Our teams haven't been announced yet. It's actually... It's, uh, it's a showcase match. A bunch of uh, trainees from Eddie's school and the Lionsgate Dojo are going to get opportunities. Nice. So I think they're just figuring out whose teeth are cut enough for mm-hmm. the match sort of uh, thing. And then two days later, I wrestle for Boom Wrestling, in which I don't even know my match yet. But mm-hmm. they're rad. I believe I promoted more, but they're already sold out. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you don't got your tickets for Boom, I'm sorry. Uh, maybe <laughs> next one.
0: That's this upcoming weekend?
1: no it's a few weeks away i have this coming weekend off and then the following weekend uh i was originally wrestling for all-star but something came up so i will if i could plug all-star wrestling is having their first show back since they got bought out by new management
2: Mm
1: -hmm. uh it's looking like it's going to be a really awesome card bollywood boys are on it which is sweet Mm -hmm. uh so check that one out for sure
0: nice um and for those listening Where can they find you on social media or if you have stuff you want to plug? uh, Here's your chance.
1: All right. My social media is at Elliot Tyler underscore. That is for Twitter and for Instagram. I don't quite have anything to uh, plug. I don't do much. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not here. I'm going for walks in my neighborhood or a hike (laughs) if I'm feeling up to it. I'm quite a boring person outside of wrestling, so no side projects, no side hustles. I don't even have merch, so
0: that that's all right we'll we'll get you some merch one day and then you can be hawking that on the next podcast when you Perfect. should come back again so
1: i will come back any day you have me i'll come back next week if you let me
0: you know what maybe we'll see
1: maybe. You know? no I'll,
0: no I'll, I'll, you'll be my go-to regular for recapping pay-per-views and i'll be like hey elliot let's talk about a pay-per-view
1: i'll i'll make sure to watch a pay-per-view <laughs> and... elliot, okay, right.
0: thank you so much for joining me this was a blast and i hope the listeners enjoyed it too
1: Yeah, thank you so much, man. This was so much fun. You're really rad to talk to. Really easy to talk to. You're the man.
0: Thank you so much to Elliot Tyler for joining me on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. I truly appreciate him taking time out of his day to come chat wrestling with me. And I honestly, I look forward to him joining me again. And I'm Glad that he was down to come back because it was a lot of fun, and hopefully, you enjoyed the podcast too. So, thank you to him, and thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time, I will always say it. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at GrainmakerPod. That's where I'm most active. So, there's that. There's Instagram, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. Lots of uh, videos, clips, uh, local stuff, all of that sort of fun stuff. Uh, Facebook Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast up on YouTube as well I, I've noticed I've gotten a few more subscribers lately so uh, we're going to have some more content rolling out soon i got a few ideas in the work the wheels are turning so uh, we'll see what I can come up with uh, up on all podcast streaming platforms uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, all that stuff and i got t-shirts for sale 25 bucks a piece you will look very fashionable hit me up, I will get you a shirt if you're in Winnipeg, I'll hand deliver it to you as well, give you a fist bump, you know, we'll, sh- we'll shoot the shit, talk some wrestling. Um, but if you're anywhere else, hit me up and I will, uh, get you a price for shipping. It's very affordable and I can promise you, you have spent a lot more on a lot worse than you would, uh, a fantastic t-shirt with shipping. So, um, I think that covers all of it and, uh, yeah, you know what? Thanks again for checking out the podcast. This was a blast. Talking to Elliot was great. We'll talk soon.